For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BBN, welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky, the number one content network for professionals. Go to Believe.com, get this episode as well as all the episodes in the archive, all the episodes that are coming down the pipe in the future. They're all right there, as well as wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. We definitely would appreciate it. Hope everybody's summer is going well. Getting to that point where it's blazing hot already. Getting that first part of June and July and August. We've got more of the same coming as we hit the summertime. Looking forward to football season. Uh, let me let me stop because every everywhere uh, that people listen, it might not be summer. I'm just speaking from where I am here, from where we are here in the United States in the summertime. We got listeners outside of the United States, uh, outside of North America, outside of this hemisphere. So in those places, people that have checked out this podcast, we might be moving from spring to summer here. Y'all might be going from summer to fall. So hope you're enjoying your fall if you're somewhere where the seasons are a little bit different than they are here. How dare me just speak for the weather where I am? We got listeners who have different weather and different seasons depending on where they're located so so let me clarify that but hope everybody's having a good day i'm gonna have fun this episode as well a couple of sad notes to kind of start us off I'm not trying to bring everybody down but can't have an episode and, and not talk about these things either um and those of you on social media or reading different things online probably saw where where mike pratt uh -oh, is having some health issues and isn't doing well. And those of you who listen to this podcast, you remember back when when TD Tony Delk hosted with me, Mike Pratt came on here and, and did an episode with us. Uh, Love TD, didn't know me from Adam, but still came on and, and kicked it with us. And we had fun talking UK sports on that episode. You can definitely go back to the archives and hear that. But Mike has been battling cancer for a few years uh, since 2019 so it'll be three years going into this summer uh, there's a website that's set up give send go.com it's got the amount that they're trying to raise to help mike because there's a lot of expenses that aren't covered by his insurance with these treatments that he's about to undergo they have the amount that's been raised the amount they're trying to raise it's all right there 
Uh, says the battle between quality and quantity of life should never be this blurred. Mike's cancer journey started in July of 2019 with the removal of a tumor in his colon. The next battle was a tumor in his liver. Up next, he had radiation to his jaw and his back. The cancer once again returned, and this time it spread even further. So definitely thinking about Mike Pratt, an absolute legend uh, on the court, but a legendary human being as well. I said I didn't know him as well as many others, but I would see him getting to cover games and, and password with him at Rip Arena. And, you know, he would chit chat and talk to people he didn't know just the same as guys he had known for years and guys he had played with. He didn't big time anybody, never act like he was, you know, too important or uh, you were beneath him if you came into contact with him. So definitely hope Mike Pratt gets to feeling better. Uh, you know, he just come out with the book, him and Tom Leach, about their two decades covering the Cats. Uh, it was season by season look back at you know, some of the things they got to do behind the scenes. So we definitely hope Mike is able um, to fight through and get back to being his old self, uh, get back to feeling better you know, like he was prior to cancer coming back. Another person we got to talk about too, um, Kentucky basketball player, former cat Reggie Warford passed away. I mean, he had a huge impact on Kentucky basketball, just like Mike Pratt has. We all know Mike, All-American, played with Dan Issel, uh, calling games on the UK Network, huge impact on the program for many years. Same thing with Reggie Warford, who was from Kentucky, Western Kentucky, Drakesboro, out in Muhlenberg County, he was the first African-American player to graduate from UK, to come and attend UK for four years and graduate. First African-American to do that. Go to BigBlueHistory.net. Reggie committed to Kentucky April 17, 1972. So just 50 years ago is what we're talking about. First African-American player to commit and stay and play for four years. Reggie passed away. He had several health issues as well. He was 67 years of age. Um, but it's easily safe to say that without him blazing the trail, Joby Hall kind of changing the perception of Kentucky, adding black players to the team. Without Reggie Warford, there is no Marion Haskins, no Larry Johnson, no Jack Givens, Goose, James Lee, players like that who followed right along a few short years after Reggie Warford. Uh, and came on to continue to play at Kentucky. Without Reggie paving the way, facing adversity, nearly leaving and transferring, wanting to do that, there is no Goose Givens, there is no James Lee and all those other players that followed. There is no Tony Delk. Tony Delk said it as much and took former teammates up to Reggie in their playing days and said, look, he's the reason we are here. So uh, tremendous impact on the program that we're still seeing. Uh, Reggie didn't play as much as he'd liked. If you look there, he, he played in uh, one game as a freshman, seven games as a sophomore, that totaled double to 14 games as a junior, 
total doubled again to 28 games that he played in as a senior. Crowning moment on the court, many of those older fans who remember, um, was the NIT, where he helped Kentucky win an NIT championship uh, in 76. Reggie had a great game, came out hitting a lot of shots, left-handed, 6-1 guard, tough player, tough in life afterwards, facing all of the health battles that he had to face, um, continue to put up a fight for his entire life. So condolences to Reggie Warford and his entire family as well. So definitely had to mention um, both Mike Pratt with everything he's dealing with and then the passing of Reggie Warford as well. Um, we had also, um, as far as you know, sports that are still happening now, still got the the spring sports. We, we had UK baseball season come to a conclusion in the SEC tournament. Um, they lost to Tennessee 12 to 2 in the semifinals, made the final four of the SEC tournament in Hoover as a 12 seed. Selection Monday came around and the Cats were on the outside looking in as far as going on to the NCAA tournament. And it was, you know, kind of the, the Jekyll and Hyde season. There were some, some big injuries to some pitchers uh, on the pitching staff that definitely hurt. But we saw it all year. You know, the Cats would rise up. Uh, TCU, Tennessee, Auburn, whatever ranked team they were playing, they won that series. Took two out of three. The midweek um, series against lesser opponents is what was the Achilles heel. They never were able to duplicate what they did against the upper tier teams when they were playing middle of the road to below average teams. You can say that maybe came back to bite them. Um, Coach Mingione was on BBN tonight with, with Keith Farmer and Anna Terulo. We've had both of them on this podcast, and they said that, you know, got to do more earlier in the season. Maybe one win changes everything. It, it, for sure, if, if they get one more win in the SEC tournament, which would have meant beating Tennessee and getting to the um, championship game of the SEC tournament, that probably would have boosted the resume. That would have meant – three out of four wins against Tennessee because they were the only team to take a series from Tennessee, number one team in the nation all year and, and dominant team. So if they beat them in the SEC tournament, maybe that does it, get to the championship. Or if you win, of course, they're in outright. But um, just winning one more series against a, a middle-of-the-road SEC team, you know, they've given them 13 conference wins instead of 12. Maybe that would have been the magic number to get them over the hump. But just, um, just not quite enough, even though they ended on a, a nice run. You know, they uh, beat Auburn in round one right after taking two out of three in the regular season finale. Beat Auburn again. Um, they beat Vanderbilt. They lost to LSU. Uh, ended up beating LSU the second time around and then falling to Tennessee because it was double elimination after they beat Auburn in the opening round of the SEC tournament. Went from single elimination to double elimination. End up losing to LSU, getting payback against LSU, uh, then falling to Tennessee. 
hanging with them for seven innings. It was tied at two, and then the arms, the pitching just kind of gave out. I was getting texts from Tennessee fans saying, look, you you guys were right there. We don't want to see y'all again. Glad we don't have to see you again because basically y'all just ran out of pitching. That's the only thing that saved us against y'all. So that's what Tennessee fans were texting me after uh, the game against the Vols in the SEC tournament. Um, on the basketball front, we had Jacob Toppin announced that he was coming back to Kentucky. This will be year three for him. We um, know Oscar Sheboy is back. Sophia Wheeler is back. Got the young fellas, you know, Livingston and Wallace coming in. Uh, Reeves has transferred in. I'm in the camp that's expecting big things for Jacob Toppin. We've seen him improve incrementally year by year. His first season, I still remember the game against Louisville. He comes in and just a, you know, that was the 9 and 16 season. Of course, we, we definitely remember that. But he scored six quick points, you know, turnaround jumpers and, and stuff we hadn't seen from him offensively. And he's just continued to build on that. You know, the abilities there, athleticism is there, the skill is there, consistency and confidence continue to add those. And I still think he's poised to do really big things. And he can be in position to take a lot of pressure off of Oscar Shibway. If you expect Oscar to do what he did last year, that might be setting the bar too high. Everybody's really going to be gunning for him now. They already were halfway through the season last year. Now, we all know Oscar's going to come in and play just as hard, but the target on his back is going to be ridiculous as far as people trying to put a body on him and keep him off the glass. So that will set it up for Toppin to come in and eat, hit shots, get on the glass, do work. Damian Collins, the same thing. It's like that dominant pass rusher who gets double teamed. The guy on the other side, hey, you can get you some sacks because everybody's looking at the other guy. Everybody's not really focusing on you. Toppin can kind of come in and do that. He's, he's got the opportunity to come in and accomplish that. So I'm looking forward to some big things from, from Jacob Toppin in year three. The assistant coach search has ended. We know Jay Lucas left and went to Duke, came from Texas to Kentucky. Now he's going on to join uh, – Rookie head coach John Shire at Duke. So uh, I left Kentucky searching for a replacement. And that replacement will be in the form of KT Turner, who was associate head coach at Oklahoma. He will be coming to join Kentucky's staff. Uh, he replaced Jay Lucas at a couple different stops. So now he's replacing Jay Lucas at Kentucky. Look, I didn't know anything about KT Turner. Those who do know or have good things to say. You know, Larry Brown has said good stuff. Shaka Smart said good stuff. You read Kyle Tucker's article in Athletic, you hear a lot of good things about him. But it's not like I knew KT Turner. I don't know every single assistant on every single staff. Same thing in, in football. I don't know every offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator of every team in the SEC. I will, shameless plug, another podcast I'm on, on the Believe Network, uh, Beast of the East. I'm on there with uh, Corey Burton. 
and Israel Troop. They host the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. Every time Kentucky plays Georgia, you have heard them on this podcast before. When the Cats play Georgia this year, you'll hear them on again as we preview uh, Kentucky and Georgia later on in the fall. But those guys, you know, know the ins and outs of offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. Of course, you know, I know Kentucky's, you know, Rick Scangarello, Brad White. Uh, I was trying to just go through and see how many I could name as far as the coaches. Everybody kind of knows Alabamans because they're, you know, front and center week in and week out. Uh, They've had Lane Kiffin through the years, Steve Sarkeesian, Bill O'Brien on the defensive side, Jeremy Pruitt, Kirby Smart was there, um, defensive coordinator as well. So you, you kind of know Alabama's usually. Uh, Georgia's defensive coordinator was Dan Lanning, who is now the head coach at Oregon. Uh, I'm not sure who the offensive coordinator is. Bottom line is I don't know the OCs and DCs. Don't know every single college basketball team's assistant coach, co-head coach, second, third assistant. Don't know him, but KT Turner comes in uh, with good reviews. We'll see how he fits in with the staff. He is younger than Cal and Chen and uh, Coach O. Uh, so maybe relating to the players as far as that goes. He's also younger than Bruiser Flint. Um, so we'll see how he comes in and kind of relates. He's in his in his 40s, so he's not as young as Jay Lucas, who was, you know, 30s. Um, but the, the whole good cop, bad cop thing, interacting with players and, you know, open door for guys to come in and vent to him, see who kind of takes that role and how uh, – the staff comes together. So we're still seeing adjustments and, and changes being made. And uh, Kentucky's going to be in the mix again. A, a lot of recency bias from these last two years kind of have uh, some fans kind of gun shy, like 9 and 16, which should never happen, uh, especially with, you know, Sar, Isaiah Jackson, um, Brandon Boston. You know, that was a nucleus, but the, the point guard play, you guys heard TD and I talk about it, you know, Bliss, Devin Askew's heart, point guard play was nowhere near where it needed to be. And since leaving Kentucky, we've seen Devin Askew go to Texas. Now he's transferring again to Cal and kind of bouncing around. And that's, that was, you know, Keon Brooks was injured that year. Um, nothing came together. There's no excuse for that, but a lot of it was the point guard play. You hate to single out the young fella, but it is it, it is it is what it is. It was what it was. Um, so everybody's kind of hesitant to say Kentucky is contending this year or going to be good. They'll be in the mix again. You bring Oscar back. You bring Toppin back. Severe Wheeler is back. You know, his, his jumper still might be limited. That's going to, uh, you know, maybe be difficult when people are sagging off of him. C.J. Frederick is a sniper. He did not play last year. Wasn't in the mix at all. Uh, uh, Wallace and Livingston, Toppin, Collins, you know, Lance Ware, you know, uh, the nucleus is there. But it's team to be very good again. Now, we're all going to be in wait and see mode because – Recency bias is there because of St. Peter's. You know, they're banged up and lost St. Peter's. Everybody's going to be waiting to see what happens come March. Doesn't matter if they go 24 and 4 or whatever in the regular season. Everybody's waiting on March. 
And until that deep tournament run happens again, it's not going to really quell this angst that has happened from what's happened in the past couple of years. So um, it is what it is, and everybody's going to be wishing their life away this season until March rolls around. Mitch Barnhart was in the news because he has won uh, the John Toner Award for excellence in being an AD. Um, let me find the tweet there. He gets we get recognized here in a little bit. Um, the John Toner Award presented by the uh, National Football Foundation Network. Um, Mitch Barnhart wins the John L. Toner Award, recognizes ADs who have demonstrated superior administrative abilities and shown outstanding dedication to college athletics, and particularly college football. Now, this uh, National Football Foundation is really cool. Uh, went to an event there a few years ago, got to interview the legend Bob Neal, which was, was awesome. So that was cool. I always got love for uh, the Football Foundation. And that's who is recognizing uh, Mitch Barnhart on December the 6th. You know, he'll be recognized and honored at a dinner uh, coming up towards the end of the year. Um, Mitch has done a lot of good stuff for a long time at UK. That's evidenced by all the secondary sports that we're talking about now, the men's tennis, the women's golf, the volleyball, the rifle. In addition to what most eyes are on, which is football and basketball, even though basketball's had a couple of struggling seasons. Uh, we've seen 10 win seasons twice in the last four years in football. All this stuff has happened under Mitch Barnhart's watch. Now he's become polarizing for the, the checkerboard. A lot of people give him crap because of the checkerboards on the uniforms, which looks like they're gonna be going away soon. So a lot of people don't have to fuss about that anymore. And the, the alcohol sales in Kroger Field, Kentucky hasn't been on board with that yet, so a lot of people are upset with him about that. But overall, you know, the good stuff he's done is, is really cool. All the facility upgrades and, you know, stadiums that have been built, you know, Kentucky Proud Park for baseball, the Bell Soccer Complex, all those things uh, he has oversaw. So um, even some of the, the hires that didn't work out, Billy Gillespie, you know, you get him out after two years, you bring Calipari in, Joker Phillips. We all love him. Didn't work out. Bring in Mark Stoops, and we've seen what has happened. So he's been putting in work and doing a lot of good stuff. Um, the NIL you know, is kind of, you know, maybe frustrating some of the coaches with the way he's kind of been taking his time and, and not really wanting to dive into the NIL. Um, he was on Fine Bomb the other day. And Maggie Davis from BBN Tonight had a couple of the quotes. Um, Rapid changes in college sports. This is Mitch Barnhart. I think sometimes there have been frustrations of our coaches who want us to move a little quicker. You know, Kyle Stoops and you know, Coach Elsie, whoever else is over there, maybe wanting them to get this NIL stuff going a little bit quicker. Everybody else is kind of going quicker than us. Let's go, Mitch. We've been cautious. We've tried to be steady in choppy waters. Take a breath every time you want to react. I've encouraged our staff to do that. That's hard to do in today's landscape because everything says go faster. Get there first. Make a quick decision. 
We have to think about the long-term pieces for what's good for college athletics. So we've seen a lot of other schools just jump right in. We've seen players getting tons of money and all this kind of stuff. And, and Mitch is kind of like, hey, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. If these other schools get popped for this, you know, Tennessee or Texas A&M or some of these other places, then Mitch is going to be really, you know, clairvoyant as far as, hey, see, this is why I said don't just dive in. But we'll see how it all gets handled from the NCAA. Will they just let it all go or will they make everybody start to throttle things back? Uh, Mitch Barnhart is wanting to throttle things back. And maybe some of the coaches are kind of frustrated with that. Mitch Barnhart, to me, look, we all remember what we said and what all the talent evaluators said about Tata Washington. You know, he, you can't speed him up. No matter what you do, you can't speed him up. Well, that's the same thing about Mitch Barnhart. You can speed him up as far as these decisions and, you know, the way he's handling the NIL and maybe not diving right in. You're not going to speed him up. So that's the exact same way. Mitch and Tata have that in common. Um, for everybody who saw Will Levis on Twitter, look, the dude is leaning into the rivalry over there in the pool, him and his girl, and they got the L's down with the way that their floats are aligned in the pool. This dude comes in for Penn State, doesn't know about UK U of L, but has jumped in with both feet, swagger all the way. And you got to love it. So props to Will Levis for that. Uh, Jerry Tipton is retiring from the Lexington Herald Leader. Covered Kentucky basketball exclusively since 1987. Been on the beat since an 81-82 season. Did basketball and football from 81-82 to 1987. Then he's been doing Kentucky basketball exclusively since 87. 40 years on the beat, a lot of fans kind of get him, you know, kind of get negative with him or, or don't care for him because he asks tough questions. He asks stuff nobody wants to ask. He's not really worried about what, you know, Kyle says or what any coach says. He's just going to ask his questions and get his story and get his article in and write his headlines. And he's going to grind. And he was grinding for 40 straight years. Look, he... He came in 8182. I'm I'm you know, go to my granddad's house and get the paper, read the Hurl Leader and you know Jerry Tipton's articles in there. Just been around long as I can remember. Been around so long that 8182 that predates when the Lexington Herald Leader became the Lexington Herald Leader. It merged. The Lexington Herald and the Lexington Leader merged to become the Lexington Herald Leader in 1983. Maybe I should have known that. I didn't even know that i was five at the time so maybe maybe i'm okay that i didn't know that but jerry tipton predated the merger he came a couple years before the herald and the leader became the herald leader and prior to him coming to lexington he was in huntington he was over in west virginia covering marshall for 10 years prior to that so 50 year career congratulations on the retirement a lot of the fans, you know, got on him about his tweets with the empty stadium at the national anthem, and uh, people didn't care for his tough questions. 
but he was really uh, respected by a lot of people. He's revered by a lot of uh, media members for the way he did his thing and went about his business. So uh, wish Jerry Tipton a great retirement as well. Got to tell y'all too about La Tarang. Dave and Ben continue to do their thing. Go to LaTorang.com. We've been telling you every episode of this podcast for the longest. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. LaTorang.com. They'll fix you up. You got a question? Send it in the chat. Dave will answer your question. You can make an informed purchase. Get your accessories. Get your bands. Whatever style you like for men, for ladies. They got you. Lots of rain. Make sure you get what you want. If it's formal, casual, whatever you need, they got you at La Terrain. NBA Finals start tonight. Boston Celtics had to hit the same friend to play the Golden State Warriors. And I'm playing Warriors in six. Congratulations to Boston for getting there, doing what they're doing. Got a chance to win the 18th banner, which would put them ahead of the hated Lakers, or the Lakers that they hate. I don't care if it's Celtics or the Lakers. If they win, they get 18. So Lakers Nation is hoping Golden State wins for sure. You'll have more SoCal love for NoCal with Lakers Nation pulling for the Warriors to beat the Celtics than we've seen in a long time. I think... Golden State is set up to to handle it in maybe six games. Um, I was talking with Terry Brown, my co-host on Cast Talk Wednesday, when we recorded yesterday. Boston did. Look, you, you can't control your breaks. Playoffs come around. Guys are banged up. Boston caught Milwaukee without Chris Middleton. They caught the Heat without Tyler Hero. Um, a lot of guys were banged up in that series. Jimmy Butler was banged up in game five. Now, he, he was a warrior in game six and game seven. But um, Boston was able to catch those couple series with guys kind of banged up. And if you look at that Boston-Miami series, everybody was getting hurt. It didn't matter who came out of the East. They were going to be limping into this finals against Golden State. Jimmy Butler was struggling. Tyler Hero, uh, issues with, his, with the growing and missing games. Jason Tatum was holding his shoulder every couple of minutes there in game five, six, and seven. So he was kind of banged up and fighting off injury. Golden State closed out Dallas, been resting, recuperating, getting healthy. They got experience. They've been there before. Then you add in that they might get Gary Payton a second back. Otto Porter might come back. They're resting recuperating and potentially adding reinforcements so i like the warriors chances the experience factor they've been there before for the most part we see inexperienced teams get there for the first time they're playing somebody that's been there the the team with experience usually usually takes care of that you know you look at young lebron dragging that yeah cleveland team to the finals against the spurs Tim Duncan and them got swept. You know, the exception was was the Bulls going up against the Lakers in Magic. You know, the Bulls won that in five. But in November, we found out Magic had HIV, and, and the Lakers were just, you know, injured, and you, you can't take nothing away from the Bulls. But that was a case where inexperience did prevail. I don't see that happening with Boston. I'm going to say Warriors in six. Um, 
always love this time of year because you can't wait to see how it plays out, how it culminates. You get through all these series, and now you're to the finals. But the sucky part is there's only one NBA game every three days now. And when this series is over, that's it until the fall. So it's always kind of bittersweet uh, when you finally get to see who's going to be the champ. But that's the way it is. Hope you all have enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed chatting with you, trying to bring it to you. Um, we've had, um, at least they got some guests scheduled. Got some media members. We talked about Mike Pratt at the beginning. Got some media members who went to see him today. And got some of those media members, one of them, uh, scheduled to be on the show sometime next week. We'll definitely um, we see about Mike's progress and whatever else happens between now and then that we'll get into as far as the conversation goes. But appreciate y'all listening. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Follow I Believe in Kentucky on Twitter and TikTok. Follow me at Vinny Hardy if you like. Um, check out Lots of Rain Watches like we mentioned as well. And check out these episodes on the Sea of Blue, Believe.com, and the Sea of Blue with our guy Jason Markham and everybody at Sea of Blue to put these episodes there. So everybody stay safe. Have a good rest of your evening. Enjoy these finals. And we'll holler at you next time on Believe in Kentucky. See y'all later. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.